Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for TMI's PantherCast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations, and joining me today is EJ Neese, TMI Class of 2010 and the Director of Lacrosse at Sports Star Athletics in Houston. EJ is here to share his journey of how he was able to turn his passion for lacrosse into a career and talk to us about some of the new products and training tools he's developing, one of which is already being used by every NFL team. Thank you so much for talking with me today, EJ, and welcome to the show. Most definitely, Stephanie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So before we get started talking about the new products you're developing and how you became Houston's lacrosse entrepreneur, can you start by telling me how you first became interested in the sport of lacrosse? Yeah, most definitely. Um, so my mom is from Boston. My dad's from Detroit. So mm -hmm. uh, naturally, I was a hockey player. Um, my dad has a huge passion for the Detroit Red Wings, and that's kind of where I got started was we'd stay up late watching games, and I just fell in love with the sport of hockey. But in Houston, there's not much ice. Um, and <laughs> so we would have to drive up. Oh, yeah, we'd have to drive up to Dallas four or five hours, and my mom just got tired of that drive and kind of realized that, hey, we need to figure out a sport, and she played lacrosse mm -hmm. that is kind of more geared towards what the Houston market is. And mm -hmm. so I picked up a lacrosse stick, um, still was a big roller hockey player, but started playing box across more, which was right after the roller hockey guys came on and just fell in love with the sport. I mean, it combines all aspects of an athlete in terms of the physicality of football and hockey, mm -hmm. um, the pick and rolls of basketball, mm -hmm. and then kind of the formations of, of soccer. So it was all of the sports that I had been playing combined into one. It was just perfect. Oh, wow. So it, was a, it sounds like it was a natural transition then, especially from so much time in hockey. Oh, yeah. As a hockey player, I mean, you already have a stick in your hand. So as soon as the ice melts, all the northern guys will understand this. And that's kind of why the southern lacrosse market is always looking up to the northern uh, lacrosse market, just because those guys get off the ice during the winter and then get on the grass during the spring. And it's essentially the same sport. You just don't have ice skates on. So mm -hmm. um, easy transition from hockey to lacrosse. And that's kind of why you'll see, you know, cities like Dallas, a little mm -hmm. farther along than Houston just because they do have a built-up hockey scene that can kind of translate and have those cross-pollination of an athlete right there. Wow. So when you came to TMI, did you immediately jump into lacrosse or did you wait a bit? Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so as soon as I got on campus, I met up with the lacrosse guys. Um, Brian Hodge was one of the bigger lacrosse guys on campus. And then Hunter Corford was another um, guy there. Um, and Coach Beck was kind of one of the reasons why I, I love the game so mm -hmm. much because he played at Avon, Avon Old Farms and um, was one of the better coaches, if not the best coach in San Antonio at the time. And then we got Blake Skinner, who is mm -hmm. now the head coach at TMI, who was one of my favorite coaches. He was a defensive coordinator at the time, but um, I just loved the team because we had a really good group my sophomore year um, when I first got there, and that just took everything, kind of just exploded it off. So, and it's really, the sport of lacrosse has grown so much in the city of San Antonio, um, a lot due to what Blake has done um, with that program, but it's just mm -hmm. expanding more and more. So it's really cool to come back and see what it looks like now. Yeah, lacrosse is definitely a passion of his, and he's doing everything he can to really promote the sport and spread it and get it out there. And I'm sure similar to what you're doing in Houston. Yeah, we we'd always kind of call each other and get different talking points on how to handle certain situations and stuff like that. So it's really cool to have 
your old coach be one of your go-to resources. Yeah, that is great. So for our listeners who don't know, you were actually quite a bit of an outstanding player while while you were here at TMI. You were named to the All-District team three times, the All-State team two times, and then you were actually named the 2009 Player of the Year. So that's pretty amazing. We're lucky to have had you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had a lot of fun, and I had a lot of good teammates around me. Well, uh, guys like Jake Watts and Sean Smith and um, Jose, Jose Luis de Alba, one of my mm-hmm. favorite goalies that I've ever played with. He was, I think he might be still up in the gym at TMI, and then Shane Winter, mm-hmm. who's like one of the best poles I've ever seen in my life. So having those guys around me definitely made my job easier. Yeah, the team definitely makes a difference. But it set you up for success because you went on to play college lacrosse, correct? I did. So I played a little bit up at UMass. Um, it got a little cold for me, so I headed back <laughs> to Texas Tech um, and then play, finished out my career at Texas Tech uh, playing on their club team there. And you played attack. That was your position at Texas Tech. Did you ever play other positions, or was that your primary position? Yeah, so my transition from hockey to lacrosse, um, I used to be a hockey goalie, um, attendee, as they would say. And so then my sixth grade year when I went full on lacrosse, I was a goalie. Then I kept on taking the ball up a little bit more. So I went to defense and then I went to midfield and and then I finished at attack. So I've played every position except for face off on on the field um, just because my hands aren't that quick when it comes to the face off position. But um, definitely understanding every position or playing every position has helped me as a coach um, kind of be able to talk to certain guys in certain situations and figure out what they're looking at and be able to apply myself or what I know um, that's definitely helped me out. But mm-hmm. going from hockey to lacrosse, I mean, that was such a smooth transition in terms of from goalie to goalie and then kind of mm-hmm. moving my way up the field just because I wanted to score some more. So, <laughs> And how did you get into coaching? Did you start doing that right after you finished playing in college or was there a break? Uh, so I, when I first got out of college, I was doing commercial real estate. Um, I always wanted, had a, still have a passion for real estate, mm-hmm. um, but just kind of put that on the back burner for right now. But um, I was in commercial real estate. I was doing stacking reports for a firm here, and one of my buddies on the St. Arnold's Lacrosse uh, Brewery team reached out to me and said, uh, the Audi International School is looking for a program director slash head coach. Mm-hmm. Now, I had never been a head coach or really had even coached outside of a clinic um, before, but I knew Audie's reputation as being one of the better schools um, in Texas. So I said, hey, I'll throw my name in the hat. I met with the athletic director, and he kind of said, hey, we want to look at you for the head coaching position, which I was kind of shocked about. Um, I called up my buddy Jake Watts, who at the time was in San Antonio, and said, hey, uh, I got this opportunity. I mean, you've always been one of my lacrosse guys. Um, would you like to come coach with me? That week, we had a coach off between us mm-hmm. and then another coach. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, the kids connected with us and we had a good, good practice that day. And they called us up a week later and said, we got the job. So wow. that year was me and Co- Coach Watts at the helm with got, uh, basically 19 guys who had never mm-hmm. picked up a lacrosse stick before. Um, and it, man, that was a lot of learning experiences, but uh, that was probably my best year that I, or my funnest year that I've ever had mm-hmm. in lacrosse, just seeing the bug infiltrate guys and kind of pick up a stick and just say, Hey, this is awesome. I, I don't get why I've never played this sport before. Mm-hmm. It's just because it had never been shown to them. So, um, what's really cool about Audi is that there's students from 57 different countries, um, at Audi. So we had four different languages going on at practice, English, French, Farsi, Farsi, and Spanish. 
Um, So kids kids whose parents have transferred in because of the oil industry or the medical industry um, who may not speak English as their native tongue can go to this school and take your classes in certain languages that you feel comfortable in and still obtain a high school um, diploma or mm-hmm. whatever level of curriculum you want to be able to apply back to whenever you do transfer back to your native country. So um, getting the opportunity to coach there and that's, I mean, it's just an amazing culture, um, just having all those different international experiences and um, it, was, it was such a good time. So you're actually spreading the sport all all around the world is is what you're doing. Essentially, yeah, we uh, I get a bunch of pictures from some of my guys who have graduated um, of them playing at the pyramids in Egypt, playing wall oh, ball, wow. um, like Australia, Japan, um, England. We get pictures all the time from those guys, so it's really cool to see, like you said, kind of expanding it around the globe in a yeah. smaller sense, but at the yeah. same time, just kind of showing people what the sport looks like. So. Um, Audie's been awesome to me and I, I love, unfortunately, I just stepped down as the head coach there. I'm still as the program advisor, mm-hmm. um, but they just kind of needed somebody who has a little bit more time to spend on the high school varsity team. So, so a little bit less interaction with the students, but still involved with the Audie program and overseeing it. Most definitely. Cause when coach Watson and I first got there, they were 0 and 11. And then this past year we went seven and three. So, um, kind of put them in the right spot and, moved him on and brought in a guy who uh, was coaching with me two years ago to kind of mm-hmm. take over the helm there. So it's kind of nice to get the right guys in the right spots and expand the coaching tree here. Well, and you've certainly made an impact there at Audi because your first year as a rookie coach, as when you were head coach, I believe it was 2016, you were actually a finalist for the Head Coach of the Year Award for the Texas High School Lacrosse League, Correct. Yeah, that was a really mm-hmm. cool award to see that kind of my peers had figured out or understood what we had done for the program. Yeah. Um, I say we because Coach Watts was a huge part of that. Um, and so seeing kind of the development of a program going 0-11 to mm-hmm. we basically went 5-5 and that year. So just the turnaround of just inspiring guys. Um, that's kind of what it was all about was they, they have some of the best athletes in Houston just understanding mm-hmm. that, hey, we can apply ourselves to this sport and kind of take the things that we've learned in basketball or soccer and be able to use that for the sport of lacrosse and kind of putting it on their level. That was the coolest thing is introducing the whole new sport to guys who had never looked at it before. And it kind of gave me a new view of the sport as well. So it was a a cool year for for us in 2016. That is, and you're still making a difference because you were recently named the Texas High, High School Lacrosse League Person of the Year just recently. Was that 2018 or was that 2017? Yeah, that was this past year, um, just for the totality of kind of what I'm doing down here for the market um, mm-hmm. in terms of being the program director at Audi, the general manager for Speed Lacrosse Houston, um, a key holder over at Lacrosse Unlimited and kind of helping them out. I'm doing a lot of personal lessons, and then I work with also a club team called 3D Houston and 3D Texas. Um, so guys who are playing fall ball um, or spring or summer ball that are trying to get recruited, mm-hmm. um, we take them up to the north or in California or Oregon to these recruiting events or these lacrosse tournaments, so that way they can get in front of D1 and D2 and D3 college coaches. Um, just so because a lot of coaches aren't coming down to Texas to see our boys. <laughs> specifically for lacrosse, so getting them in front of the right guys in the right spots. Um, that's kind of what we do at 3D. So it's been a, a lot of fun, and then working with a couple other programs to kind of get 
new eyes on the sport. Uh, one of the programs that we've been working with is Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. um, to work with. We started a program called After School Lacrosse to where um, it, all it needs is a stick. You show up on a field and we provide kind of the lunch um, and the resources for guys to take their not only personal development to the next level, but their lacrosse games and understanding that, hey, I may not get a lacrosse scholarship that is full ride, mm-hmm. but using it as a stepping stone in order to get to where I want to go to um, and as another tool on your resume to be able to say to a coach, hey, if you help me out in the admissions process, I'll walk on for you. So those type of things and understanding, hey, I, I can get a scholarship, but a full ride is very limited. The mm-hmm. options are limited there. So kind of figuring out what ways to get guys to the next level um, and the sport to the next level. That's kind of been my main mission over the past two years. Yeah, and you've definitely been involved with the Boys and Girls Club of America for quite some time. You've been you've been volunteering with them for many years. How did you first get involved with that? Was that a passion of yours that you had, that specific organization? Uh, I've always worked well with the younger guys, and um, I've never had a big brother, but I have – seven stepbrothers and sisters underneath me. So I've mm-hmm. always kind of felt quote unquote, big brother esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always wanted to kind of give back. And, um, when you give, you receive, and that's always been a big mantra of mine. Um, and so I've kind of just tried to figure out any way that I can help guys kind of figure out their path or figure out their, their way guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so helping them out a little bit more, um, I just I, I like giving back as much as you receive. So any opportunity I can help those guys out, um, specifically in lacrosse, but sometimes off the field with some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love that opportunity. Yeah, and you are such a great example of continuing to live the TMI mission of servant leadership and just being able to continue that throughout your life. It really sets you up as a great role model and is really amazing that you're able to keep doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the big part of that over the past couple of years has been uh, my stepfather, unfortunately, was diagnosed with brain cancer. And he was like one of the big reasons um, for who I am today. And so kind of using him to spread kind of our word and our message, he's kind of been my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he passed away about a year ago. So I've kind of been putting together some other stuff involving the Boys and Girls Club, like we're looking at starting a tournament called GBs for GB. His name was Grove Brain. Um, And so in the sport of lacrosse, you have ground balls. And so we're somewhat putting together a Mm -hmm. tournament um, that can kind of incorporate all of that. So that should be coming within the next year. Yep. That's that's very exciting and a great way to keep his memory just a a part of your everyday life too. Most definitely. So now I want to go ahead and let's start talking about some of these products that you're developing. Um, so before we do that, tell me about how your path, because you attended college at the University of Massachusetts up in Boston, then you said you came down here to Texas Tech. So tell me about your path through college and then how you got to where you're at now, becoming the director of lacrosse at Sports Star Athletics. Yeah, so I've always kind of had a strong business um, mind in terms of the way that I've looked at things in kind of an entrepreneurial sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I first got into, um, when I was at UMass and Texas Tech, I was business marketing um, with a minor in Spanish. And I got out, I'd been doing commercial real estate internships for a couple of years, um, just kind of priming myself for when I did graduate. And I ended up working for NAI Houston um, and, and loving that group. 
just always had the lacrosse bug, like I said. So when mm-hmm. Audi kind of reached out and they said they needed a new head coach, I was doing some real estate and Audi um, kind of half and half at the time. Um, and then when I got into coaching, I just realized that the products and the training tools hadn't been keeping up with the other sports like basketball, baseball, football. Um, I mean, you see football gurus and those quarterback guys have so many different training tools and techniques that they mm-hmm. throw at their um, their private lesson guys. And so I was like, why isn't the sport of lacrosse having some of these tools? And so um, I just kind of developed a couple of tools that I had or a couple products that I thought would be great tools um, and ended up taking them to a couple lacrosse um, equipment manufacturers and realizing that they kind of didn't have the same vision that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sportstar um, reached out and said, we'd love to bring you in and kind of talk about your product. Little did I know was they wanted to bring me on um, full-time to kind of be head up their lacrosse division. So uh, we started that about a, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and now we, we've kind of expanded out into different areas. Like now we're bringing in some hockey stuff, some baseball stuff. So kind of my role is looking at some of the newer sports or newer things in the sport and kind of saying, how do we fit into that? Um, we do a lot of helmet accessories. Mm-hmm. We've been, actually been making the decals for TMI for a long time. Uh, oh, I brought you? my old TMI. <laughs> I brought my old TMI lacrosse helmet in from 2008, mm-hmm. and <laughs> all the guys in the office were like, "Whoa, did you just put our decals on?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" And we have been wearing Sportstar decals since 2008, so I didn't even know that I was wearing them when I was a player at TMI. <laughs> what a and, fun fact! And now, <laughs> Right. It it literally comes full circle. So it's kind of been a fun journey over here, kind of looking into what the sport needs and Mm -hmm. fulfilling those needs. And tell me about that first product that you designed that really caught Sports Stars' attention. What was it that was your first product and the inspiration that you had to create that? Yes. So the first product we it used to be called the knees pull, and now it is called our hit stick. Um, it is a checking training tool that where you can basically, as a coach, sit there in a drill and simulate real game checks on guys without the fear of a titanium stick or the injury of a titanium stick hitting their wrist over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I can still give my guys those real game looks without the fear of injury. Um, and so I developed it while I was working with my middle school guys. Um, it is essentially a shaft that has uh, a protective pad on the outside and a little bit more technology involved on, on the top that I really can't say, but mm-hmm. um, being able to just baseball bat or slap uh, a kid real hard while he's coming around, that's kind of the sport of lacrosse. Um, and so I needed my middle school guys who run through the, through those checks during a game, just because their adrenaline is going mm-hmm. to be able to simulate that same type of realistic movement in practice. Um, and so I developed that, which has, a lot of success. You'll see programs yeah. like Maryland and um, a couple of the D1 programs using tools, um, the check check trainer. And then the second product that really has re- taken off um, has been the dead bounce ball. So it's the same weight, same feel as a game ball, mm-hmm. but you can shoot it against a wall. And I always say a lacrosse ball is like a bullet in a box in terms of it's got a mind of its own, kind of bounces everywhere. And um, it's really hard and comes back really fast. So I said, why isn't there something that I can go inside? Mm-hmm. Um, going back to my box lacrosse days, I used to play box lacrosse at River Oaks Baptist in the gym. And that was kind of crazy because we were using foam balls that were not the same weight. You didn't really get a good rep on it. Um, and a lacrosse ball, a lot of athletic directors have outlawed programs using them inside. So I said, you know, 
up in the north they have snow down here we have rain and there's only so much film and weight room i can do like um during harvey we were kind of all sitting in our houses kind of cooped up figuring it like you know we're obviously helping the community out but at the same time we needed to do practice and all the fields were flooded so having a tool that you can go indoors and basically set up a taped up goal um, and, and rip against a wall without having it come back and knock you out um, has been a huge success, especially for some of the urban guys who mm-hmm. don't have as much room to set up a six by six goal in their backyard with a bounce back and <clears throat> all of that type of stuff. So um, just looking at the market and figuring out training tool wise and then kind of helmet protective wise, um, what we can do to take things to the next level um, that's kind of our area. We don't want to do shoulder pads or elbow pads or gloves because that's kind of already been done before. We want to look at the market and be kind of two steps ahead in a different direction um, yeah. than, you, than what everything's headed towards. And you definitely are because you're going to play how you train. So it's incredibly vital to have those tools that really simulate the game day. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that I do is kind of getting those guys prepared for that two hours of battle that we go into. So if I can get them kind of ready to go in any way possible, um, that's that's kind of the training tools that we're always looking at. And then everybody knows us for the chin straps. Um, our chin strap is the safest chin strap out on the market. It absorbs energy at a two to three times better rate than Rydell or Under Armour. We're about a 92% absorbency rate, and Rydell and Under Armour about 30 to 33 Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's you'll see us across the NFL and every NFL locker room with that black and white foam. Now, what drew um, your attention to redesigning a chin strap? Was it something that you noticed during play that there was room for improvement? How did the chin strap come about? Um, I'm, to be honest with you, we don't like using the c word, but um, a lot of a, a lot of people have been worried about the whole concussion movement. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and, yes. and so we we looked we looked at the helmet and said. I mean, a lot of these guys are taking hits on the chin. Like if you go Google Brett Favre, mm-hmm. um, hit on the chin, there's one where he gets directly laid out right there and he just comes up bleeding. His whole chin strap is bleeding. And we're like, I mean, everybody's so worried about the helmet, but they're forgetting about the chin strap. The chin strap hadn't been updated since the 1980s. Wow. Um, and so giving guys a little bit more protection. Like Colt McCoy this past week just took a huge hit on the chin and he was wearing a soft cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so having having those guys protected in the right spots I mean, it's kind of what we looked at. And like I said, we started as a decal company, and then we just realized that um, a lot of the helmet accessories and tools were just kind of being put to the wayside. Um, We have a dome screw that is a half a centimeter tighter than most, so it stays on a helmet harder. So just looking at the helmet accessories and the helmet tools and making them a little bit more protective slash helping out the players on the field um, is kind of what we're all about. Now, are are you currently developing any products that you can give us a sneak peek on, or is everything under wraps right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the one of the products I can speak about right now, um, just because we're probably about eighty percent done, is our new box lacrosse chin strap. Mm-hmm. So, box lacrosse players have been wearing a hard cup for a long time. Um, just kind of, it just dangles there most of the time for those guys, which really isn't an effective protective stance. Um, for some of those slap or lift checks that those guys are facing. So we've been working on a new box lacrosse chin strap that can actually serve as a hockey chin strap. So a lot of guys are wearing hard cups inside of hockey helmets, which Mm -hmm. we didn't even think before. Um, So we've been looking into that. And then another cool thing that we're working on is a dead bounce golf ball. So a lot of guys 
Uh, whenever we introduce the dead bounce ball, they're like, hey, this would be really cool if you could do it in other sports. And uh, I was living with Austin Carr, who's another team alumni at the time, um, and he was working out at Blue Jack National Tiger Woods uh, Golf Course, and he thought that was a great idea. So we kind of were talking through the different ways that we can get that going. So mm-hmm. those two are kind of the newer ones that are coming out. Um, we're working on a, a couple other things for the game of lacrosse, like mm-hmm. a new face mask and uh, a new visor, just because uh, the sport of lacrosse really hasn't seen a lacrosse-specific visor. Um, and then the new cool product that you'll see across the NFL for us this year is our new ratchet strap. So a lot of guys are wearing a Rydell Speedflex helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at that type of helmet, it has the ratchet strap on the side that Rydell um, sometimes will clog up. And so we've introduced a new ratchet strap that will slide easily through that housing unit um, and not worry about it coming up and choking those guys if it gets too tight. Mm-hmm. Um, like it did a couple of years on a TCU player. And so we've invented a couple of new products to kind of help out equipment managers, make sure that their guys stay out on the field a little longer. Yeah, that's great. And keeping safety in mind is so important. Now, are these products, are they available for individuals to purchase or do you have to be part of a team? Do you do larger orders? What does Sports Star Athletics do? Uh, so we work with NFL teams, NCAA teams, so you can, if you're a program that's looking to get it all on your team, we can mm-hmm. work with you on that side, on the institutional. But if you're an individual, um, you can head to our website, sportsstargear.com, and kind of we're super pumped about our new website uh, that mm-hmm. took a, a long time. But uh, we're finally there to where it's essentially the nikeid.com of chin straps to where you can go in and customize um, in your program's colors, both uh, the shock stop, the shell, the foam, the strap, and put your name or program on there. Um, so being able to kind of customize it for guys, especially in the lacrosse world to where we're all about colors and comfort, mm-hmm. um, having something for those guys to be able to really put their stamp on their gear is what the market was wanting. And it took us a long time, like I said, but finally we got it up and running. It's worth the wait. <laughs> oh, well worth the wait. <laughs> So what do you think? I want to ask you a couple questions about, you know, your overall path here. What do you think has allowed you to become so successful in your endeavors? Just for our younger listeners, what, what's kind of set you up for success and what can you pass on? Um, finding a solution. Um, I know mm-hmm. that's such like a broad statement, but as an entrepreneur, that's kind of what we're always looking to do in our field um, and kind of everything that I'm doing outside of making products Um, is just finding a solution, Um, whether that be when I was in commercial real estate, realizing that agents were spending so much of their time looking at buildings, figuring out what spaces were vacant and which ones were occupied. I created stacking reports Mm -hmm. um, to help them kind of speed up the process of figuring out where they needed to be and kind of who they needed to market to. So finding solutions, I think, has been the the greatest tool of success that I've had, uh, not only as an entrepreneur, but just as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a, a lot of times there's, um, and I see it with my high school guys sometimes, and they'll sit around and get mad at a drill or get frustrated with themselves instead of just kind of putting their nose back in it and saying, hey, how do I work through this? So mm-hmm. finding a solution um, has kind of been my mantra um, over the past couple of years, kind of in what I've been doing. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to take a step back and and take a look at something from a different angle and see what's there. So. 
Oh, most definitely. I mean, we get it all the time on the product side of things. I'll march down to the football side and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they'll give me a look or something that I hadn't even seen in it before. So getting a new set of eyes or looking at it in a different view has kind of been um, the way to go about things or the, the one of the reasons for my success recently. Mm-hmm. And this is a really unique field that you that you're in. So I'm wondering what advice would you give to someone who might be interested in pursuing something in the field of sports equipment or training and development? Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if there's a direct path. I would say uh, <laughs> definitely go down the engineering path. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we are constantly looking for engineer interns um, and they've kind of been, like I said, the different eyes. So we bring mm-hmm. in different interns from Rice or U of H or sometimes uh, some people will come down from the north during the summer just so we can get different eyes on a product. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. sports is all about relationships, not only with your players or your teammates or your coaches or your parents, um, but also the people you play against or the people you meet out at a conference or a, a lacrosse camp or a football camp or um, wherever you're at. I would say strengthen your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, the old mantra of it's not what you know, but who you know. That's so true sometimes, especially in the sporting world. It's it's so small that um, especially when you kind of get into this into the sports world, you realize how small it really is. Um, building those relationships and kind of maintaining those relationships um, over over time, especially as you get into college and post collegiate, that you really need to keep up with those those relationships that you've developed and make sure that you're kind of staying on top of where they are and they're kind of knowing where you are. So I would say that's that's the biggest thing because it, it's the market is forever changing. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to always have, you know, the most expertise in that area sometimes. So you kind of have to make sure that you got people in the right spots that are helping you out. You know who to go to. Relationships are huge across every aspect in life. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to stay focused and what keeps you inspired as you keep working towards all of the different goals that you have and, and moving forward? Uh, focused is probably just the market is forever changing, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. So if you're not focused on it or you're not really dialed into where it's headed or where you can kind of steer your ship, um, I think then then you've kind of already done a disservice to yourself. So the market kind of requires me to stay focused in, in what we're looking at. Like we're constantly checking right now that football is going on with the NFL guys who are constantly checking training camp updates and making mm-hmm. sure that um, some of the, this equipment is staying on in, in the proper way or being used in the proper way that we kind of built it to. So um, the focus thing is kind of easy in terms of it. I'm doing what I love with sports, mm-hmm. but also making sure that we're in the right spot slash keeping up with the innovation. Um, that That's kind of been what really keep, drives me on that side of things. And then, um, like I touched on earlier, the inspiration has kind of been my teammates in terms of the people I work with um, and then kind of my family life with the whole Grove situation um, mm-hmm. has was really – really a tough time for us and then kind of it's been fuel to my fire in terms of he was one of the best guys I've ever known and kind of taught me um, how to be a businessman because he basically started driving trucks for Dr. Pepper and worked his way up all the way up to a vice president so um, just kind of taking that and saying you know when I wake up in the morning what would grow brain do Mm -hmm. it's great to it's important to have a role model like that and even if it's just mm-hmm. the memory of someone to to always have that in mind that you're that you're striving for. Most definitely. 
So before we wrap up, I have a couple of a short list of questions for a fun TMI speed round I want to do. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. So other than lacrosse, what other clubs and organizations were you involved in while you were at TMI? So I did play a, a couple of years at QB um, and wide receiver mm-hmm. with Coach Curran. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite was probably the TMI Times, so the newspaper. Um, I was the editor-in-chief for a while there um, and just loved the aspect of kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, in sales, that's kind of what we do is storytelling in terms of whenever we're coming out with a new product, it might be the safest product out on the market or the best product, but we always say, what story does it tell? What story does this capture? Exactly. Um, so kind of always always been in that type of realm, um, both professionally and in, in the passions that I pursued. So um, that was a huge thing for me. And then the boarding community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a boarder while I was at TMI, and I would not change that experience for one bit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, having a slumber party with your 10 best friends while you're all kind of doing the same thing, there's no FOMO. There's no, I mean, you're all in study hall together. You're all eating together. and It's just a big community. It's it's awesome. Um, a lot of people don't who are board, or are day students don't really understand the community aspect of it, but mm-hmm. it's one of the coolest things. Um, I was kicking and screaming going into the boarding community, mm-hmm. but man, I came out and I, it's one of the best things that's ever happened. It's a big family is what it is. <laughs> it's a huge family, huge family. So what is your best TMI memory? Oh man. Hmm. Uh, besides graduation, uh-huh. I would say that my, my favorite TMI memory would be uh, my sophomore year, we were playing St. Anthony's. Um, and that year, the city of San Antonio had basically made a rule that if your school didn't have a lacrosse program, you could go play for St. Anthony's, which was essentially was a club team. Mm-hmm. So they were a superpower of basically all the top guys from three or four different high schools. Um, and it kind of was coming down to us in St. Anthony's at the time um, to finish out the division. And we went over to their house and we lost by one um, right before. And that was our first loss of the year right before we were heading into playoffs. Mm. Um, and and then we came all the way up to the city championship and we were down by five in the fourth quarter and came back to beat them 17 to 15. So wow. I'll never rem- I'll never forget that game. Um, and it was just one of the, the greatest experiences in terms of athletically, um, relationship-wise, and then our coaches just were awesome that year. Mm-hmm. So, um, sh- shout out to Charlie Gramachez too. He was mm-hmm. one of our defensive co- our defensive coordinator too at that time. Him and Coach Beck were great yin and yang together. Wow. Who was your favorite teacher? My favorite teacher. Just mm-hmm. kind of touched on it. Charlie Gramachez was a huge. Um, influence that I had, but also Alex Hernandez. Um, mm-hmm. She was my dorm parent slash I always kind of refer to her. Her and Tandy Broussard were kind mm-hmm. of like my second moms um, whenever I was at TMI. So those two had a huge impact on my boarding school life mm-hmm. um, and just would come back and kind of just go over what I was going through the in the day. And they were great years slash put me in the great right spots where I needed to be. But Charlie Gramachez, who I still have lunch with today, he is now um, here in Houston, actually the head or one of the guys over at Presbyterian where I started a lacrosse team back in 2004. So it's kind of another full circle thing that has kind of been cool to discover over the past year. But mm-hmm. those two were a huge influence on, on who I am today. 
And Alex is still here. She's pretty much touched every area of the school, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think she's worked in almost every single department, and it's cool because now with the TMI lacrosse alumni game, um, I get to come back and see her every time that we, we come back for that game. So it's, it's really cool to kind of catch up with her and um, just get to just to make sure I'm all on the right page. She's still she's still keeping up on you and watching what you're doing. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, what is the biggest, the most important lesson that TMI taught you or prepared you for? Uh, I know this sounds so generalistic in terms of the great leaders that we've come through, but mm-hmm. just finding your own leadership style. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be the rah rah guy. It doesn't always have to be you know I'm going to go out there and do it with. Um, on the field with my actions and stuff like that, but figuring out your leadership style and kind of where to apply yourself and where to pull back. Um, just kind of, that's been the biggest thing for mm-hmm. me um, is figuring out exactly what your voice is and when to apply yourself. Um, I think that was the greatest thing that TMI helped me out with um, over the years. And for the last fun question, what advice do you have for our graduating seniors this year? For my seniors, I would always say be two steps ahead in another direction. Um, Mm -hmm. There's always going to be people kind of, especially in your industry, that say, hey, this is the hot thing. This is what we need to do. Okay, well, at some point, that's going to kind of fizzle out. So, And they're going to start to look for other ways or different things to go about it. So kind of pivot and realize what way is the market going, and then how can I be the fastest person to that? Um, So being always a little bit different but ahead of the game. Um, it's kind of the greatest advice I will say because that applies to every type of industry, not only the sporting equipment industry, but um, just kind of life is seeing the way that everything's going and then how can I be ahead of that. That is great advice. That really is. So if our listeners want to follow or keep up with the products and the developments that you're doing, they can, of course, they can go to sportsstargear.com. Where else can mm-hmm. they follow? Can they follow you? Can they follow Sports Star Athletics, Twitter, Facebook? Yeah. So uh, on Instagram, uh, we do have sportsstargear.com is our, or sportsstargear is our handle there um, mm-hmm. for the products that we're coming out with. And then if you want to kind of follow along with what I'm doing on the coaching side of things slash a little bit more behind the curtains on some of the products that we're doing. Um, my Instagram handle is coach.niece. Um, and so you can kind of follow along with I post a lot of product updates and, and a lot of coaching stuff on there. So those are probably the two best ways to keep up with um, what we're doing over here. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to visit with me and certainly keep up the great work in advancing the sports equipment and the training products. And we'll be looking forward to seeing what you come out with next. So thank you for for joining me. Most definitely. I appreciate you having me on and being one of the the first few to be on this has been a great honor. And uh, go Panthers. (laughs) Go Panthers. Be sure to subscribe and listen to us next Thursday for another Padre cast with Father Scott. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.